When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor and I am here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and drink the Kool-Aid with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. everyone. This is Danielle and welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. Um, This is just a content warning that this episode could be extremely triggering to some and is not meant for young ears. Um, Please remember that this is our experiences and listen to this episode with empathy and kindness. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Huns to Humans. I am back with my friend, Emma, my plexi bestie, and we are going to dive into her QAnon story and how like her MLMs led her to QAnon. Um, So yeah, Emma, take it away. I will try not to um, derail us as much as I did in the last episode. (laughs) I think it was fun. I love, you know, the I like the structured ones, but I also like the spontaneous, like just letting the conversation flow because if someone was to listen in on our phone call, that's what it would be. Right. Like when we catch up, that's what it sounds like. So I think it's like a little bit more like personal down to earth. I loved it. I thought it was super fun and I hope you guys did too. So hello again for those of you who uh, heard me on the last episode. Uh, I am super happy to be back and I feel like this is probably going to happen a few times. So I won't be the last you guys hear from me. Um, if this is your first episode, uh, my name is Emma. I am the Plexi Bestie, <laughs> the OG Plexi Bestie. I am <laughs> the original. Um, so I'll give you guys a brief recap. If you guys are interested in my story, like my journey through MLMs, um, uh, in two of them, I was in two of them for, I think I actually did the math wrong the other day. I think it was like five, five and a half years. Um yeah, I, I was deep in it. I got sucked right in and we did a whole podcast on that. So I will give you guys like a little brief overview, but if you guys really want to hear my story and some of the crazy stuff that's happened, um, definitely go ahead and listen to the last episode. Uh, will it be the last episode when this one's posted? Yeah. Okay, cool. These ones will be back to back. So it's the last one. Um, Alrighty, so I joined uh, Plexus in, I believe it was the spring of 2016. I was 20 years old, uh, fresh out of cosmetology, nail school, beauty school. Uh, I really, I attribute me longing for that connection in that community uh, to the fact that I was involved in organized sports for pretty much my entire life. Uh, From the time I was five, I was playing basketball. I grew up 
with teams. And actually I grew up in such a small town that I had most of the same team from the time I was five, I was still playing basketball, um, soccer, lacrosse, bas- you know, um, softball. I was playing sports with these same girls for the most part, the core group of girls all the way up through. Um, and so when I left high school, went into beauty school, um, all of a sudden there was no organized team anymore. There was no, um, team morale. There was no cheering each other on. Uh, and that for me kind of led me down the path of really searching for community. Um, I feel like that's really important to state, you know, I find myself to be an educated, smart person. Um, but there was a hole in my heart that couldn't be filled by just, you know, a, a single relationship or, um, myself. I, I, I long and crave for community. Uh, so I got roped right in, uh, when community was put on my doorstep and it was a gap that I needed filled. Um, I dove in and I dove in head first. I had never heard of an MLM. I didn't know what pyramid schemes were. Uh, my view of what a pyramid scheme was the first time I heard of one, uh, was, the training on the fact that we weren't one. <laughs> um, and the rest is history. I was in Plexus for a couple years, um, two to two and a half years. I did end up leaving. The products made me kind of sick um, mentally. And that there's more on that in the last episode. Uh, I am also a makeup artist. So when the opportunity presented itself for me to switch from Plexus, into, um, I hadn't written off direct sales altogether. I just had written off this company. So when the opportunity arose for me to be able to represent a, I'm using air quotes here, professional (laughs) um, makeup company, I thought that was amazing. I jumped in it and hit the ground running. And I had a team, I had amazing sales. uh, And then at some point, it just started to not feel right. And I think it, it always didn't feel great. Um, there was always, I always felt weird about messaging. I felt weird about reaching out. Um, posting was fine because like you can choose to be there. You can choose to interact. I never felt super weird about posting, but like reaching out to people and even like bringing people into it um, because there is definitely a kind of a fake it till you make it attitude and so I was putting off this lifestyle uh, that I wasn't fully living yet. I, I really believed like if I may, I can manifest it, I can achieve it, I can visualize it and it will happen. And I do believe in some sort of like universal karma, like your mindset does matter. Like if you're negative and grouchy all the time, then you're, you are going to attract negative and grouchy things. But if you are more positive, you know, not the bad things won't happen, but you can have a better mindset going through them. Um, and that was really played on by the people who were my uplines. Um, and some of it is no fault to them. Uh, some of it is just, that's, they are also indoctrinated into this cult. Um, so I don't hold the people above me fully responsible. Um, I do think once you get to a certain point, you do understand what's going on more. Um, and a little bit of compassion goes out the window there, but, um, I really do think that the people above me. I don't hold them fully responsible, a little bit of accountability, but they are fully indoctrinated into this cult. And now that I've left, I can look back and realize like I did that too. And I would hate for the people who I brought into this. I I want them to keep me accountable because I feel, have a lot of guilt and shame around bringing people in. 
Um, but also I hope they're holding compassion in their heart that I am a human and I make human mistakes. So again, if you want more in-depth, uh, kind of detailed, the conventions, the all the things, go listen to the last episode. But where we left off um, was my experience with QAnon and how that really led me to leaving the industry altogether, not just my company. Um, so we'll, we'll just kind of go in and I did briefly explain it, but I'm going to sort of just explain beginning to end um, what happened, how I got sucked in. And then I'll kind of, we'll do some Q and A around uh, the relevancy between the two. Um, and I am curious, Danielle, for you to like, maybe jot down when you hear things, when you're like, when I say yeah. something, you know, that happened in QAnon, I am excited for you to be like, oh my God, wait, that happened. <laughs> like that happened to me too. <laughs> um, the only thing that I want to add to that is we refer to your uplines as upline person one and person two. And I think that we should continue that from the last yes. episode. Um, um, and actually for Lime Life, it's two and three. Okay. Because upline one no longer was involved. Okay. At that point, um, she had left. Actually, when I switched companies, she joined under me in the new company briefly. Um, so upline one joined under you. The person who originally got me into direct sales no longer is in direct sales. Okay. Um, she was my upline one. Upline okay. two, I guess, became upline one. When I switched companies, I went directly under her. Okay. Um, but I'm still going to refer to her as two. So we yeah. can kind of keep that separate. Yeah. Um, and then the person above her, I guess, would be three. Okay. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah. makes sense to me. Hopefully everyone else is following along. Yeah, I know. Especially if you maybe haven't been in direct sales, that might be a little funky. But um, basically the person I signed up under is person number one. Uh, the person she signed up under would be, for me, two people above me, if you're thinking about it in a pyramid, in your triangle. Um, so I hope, I hope that gives some context and we'll just sort of keep, you know, am, uh, anonymity for them. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm actually just going to mute myself so that you don't hear my chair squeaking and I'll listen. Okay. listen. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, guys. So really where things start to shift and kind of take a darker turn, uh, like I said, I had had some reservations around my business for quite some time. I hadn't really been recruiting. Um, really the only person I had brought in was, um, a girl who I had already talked to like a year before she had just decided to join. So the only new person I had had in the last like year, year and a half, um, was someone that I had already talked to before. So I already wasn't feeling super great about what I was doing. Uh, the community kept me there, the FOMO kept me there, um, and people knowing exactly how to speak to my heart. Um, I love pats on the back. I love validation. I love feeling wanted and needed. Um, so all of this is sort of culminating. I had already actually tried to leave twice. My um, upline two, three um, had actually talked me back into staying um, by 
featuring me on the big team pages to do these trainings um, as a makeup artist and just as someone I got to tell my story about how I almost left and then I made this comeback so don't leave you guys you can do this like I was very good at that um so I'd already tried to leave a couple of times and uh had been dare I say coerced <laughs> into staying um so I'd say that was like the winter of 2019. Uh, now we're approaching spring of 2020. Um, and as everyone knows what happened in spring of 2020, uh, we went into lockdown. Now, one of my favorite pastimes is um, true crime, I guess, conspiracy light. Uh, I'm talking like aliens, Area 51, um, you know, government cover-up stuff, which I, as I stated in the last podcast episode, I am really hesitant to use these terms now because a year and a half, two years ago, these had very different meanings. Um, if you were a conspiracy theorist, like, sure, there's some people who are like deep into the rabbit hole, but like, you could just be, be like a fun, lighthearted conspiracy theorist. Like, you could like want to talk about aliens. You could want to, um, something I was really into was like these big like the five top families how like a lot of the corporations in um, the world but America specifically kind of all funnel back to these like five families and how they all kind of intermingle and it is very interesting and there is a lot of proof behind it I don't know if I fully buy into some of it but it's I'm open-minded to hearing about these things it is fascinating to me um I was also always very interested in cults uh, which was funny because I was in one and didn't know it. So, as the pandemic was starting, um, I had more time on my hands. I, as a nail technician, my job was not essential. Um, and that's kind of where it began. I started diving into just all kinds of theory, time travel and aliens. And again, really getting back into this sort of like interconnected, like, these rich families that kind of control stuff. <laughs> As I was exploring these, I was sharing these videos in a chat with my upline and some sidelines. So people who were also directly under upline number two. Um, <clears throat> trying to think of where the best place to go from here is. So we would sort of like share these theories and we were all kind of interested in true crime. We were kind of all following some of these similar cases and sharing these theories. I don't know if you guys have heard of the, like the Mandela effect, but it's like parallel universe, multiple things going on. Um, just sharing all these in these like lighthearted conversations around possibility. And we kind of all realized there was like six or seven of us in this chat like we also had friends who were interested in this and we thought well maybe we'll create another group chat but like group chats that blow up all the time are really annoying um so we're like okay maybe we'll just create a group and it'll be for like the six or seven of us and our friends and it very quickly went from like 30 people to like 300 people and I think at one point by the time I left there was over 2,000 people maybe in this group if I'm remembering my numbers correctly um it grew very quickly but somewhere between that 30 to 300 range things shifted and it went from theories such as, is the current Avril Lavigne really the real Avril Lavigne or did Avril Lavigne die and this is her, you know, copy? Um, again, sounds crazy, sounds wacky, but like some interesting theories behind it that 
just to be open-minded to hearing these things, right? So it went from these very, uh, what's the, non-harm, they weren't harmful topics. They were just interesting to open your mind um, to a little bit darker. Uh, something that, and I, I actually witnessed this go down in multiple different groups. So I actually have some perspective on different entry points, as I call them, for QAnon to penetrate these circles. Um, the things that I watched were uh, government cover-up, uh, child sex trafficking, and trigger warning. These are very heavy topics that are, maybe you can put that in the description, Danielle. Perfect. Um, and the anti-vax community. And that's not, I'm not part of that. I don't want to get into a vax versus anti-vax. I believe people should have their choice. Do what you feel is best for your body. Uh, but that is part of this. So I'm going to talk about it. Um, and that I witnessed in some like holistic mom groups. Um, and I actually was in these groups to learn about like different like breastfeeding things. Um, I, I don't have children yet, but it's never too early to get educated on it. So I was in these like kind of crunchy mom groups. Um, and so, but there is a large community of the holistic moms that are also anti-vax. So there's vaccines, there's government cover-up, and there's child sex trafficking. That for me are the big three things that they use to infiltrate um, into these communities. So our conspiracy and chill uh, Facebook group was the perfect place to come and do this. Uh, I don't know who the original person that got in that subscribed to these theories was. Um, I do believe Upline 2 brought people in, whether she knew it or not at the time um she was already being fed some of this information so i don't know if she if that was her intention from the beginning or if she also got sucked into this the same way i did um i don't know how much like pre-context she had with QAnon or even knew that it was QAnon to begin with um and or what QAnon was maybe she just heard these theories and thought everyone needed to hear them <clears throat> and that's where so that's where things started to shift for this group in particular, um, it was government cover-up, and the government cover-up and the child sex trafficking tend to go hand-in-hand hand when it comes to the QAnon belief system, um, and I will get into their beliefs a little bit towards the end. Um, I'm just going to kind of explain them to you guys as I was, my eyes were opened to them. So the way I explain getting indoctrinated into QAnon, into cults is in levels. And I explain it on like a scale of, we'll just do like a one to 10 scale. Um, level one is them relating to you and them being the person who's trying to indoctrinate you to get you to believe these theories. Um, whether that be a group of people or a single person, um, th this is how, the best way I can visualize it and explain it to you guys. So level one is them connecting with you being like oh my god like I believe in this theory too like can you believe that um the Rasta Childs and the Bush family and again this is not political this is just family names um that Dumont the DuPont and JP Morgan and Chase all of those people are actually like connected and it is kind of interesting when you really do the research on it to see these families are interconnected and those are things that are provable and that you kind of already it's like a baseline and they're like yeah like I heard that, you know, that this theory and that theory, and they kind of connect with you there. Um, I guess for the, I didn't 
participate watching. I really just sort of watched the anti-vax community thing happen. I wasn't participating in the conversation. Um, but I guess for them, the way they might've done that for them is, yeah, like, did you see like this case about, you know, this person being injured or that person, you know, they're connecting with them. They're, they're being manipulative when they're doing it because they know exactly what they're doing. It's not genuine connection. Um, and that's level one. They're, they're establishing their relationship with you. Um, level number two is basically just going into depth more. It's deeper conversation. It's more things that you already subscribe to as someone who is open-minded to these possibilities. Um, and then level three is where things kind of start to shift, um, between like levels two and three is now they're giving you new information and they're giving you new information that you can, you know, it's sort of on the fence. It's like, okay, this is new information. I don't know that I fully subscribe to it, but again, I'm an open-minded person and tell me more. Um, and sometimes there are things that are provable in this information. And that's where they sort of like really start building that foundation of trust with you. Um, it's like, did you hear this wacky theory? Like, look, here's some proof. And they like literally will send you proof of it. Um, and then we're moving to like level four, where now we're starting to sort of detach from reality. Um, and this is where things started to not feel right for me. It was no longer like lighthearted, open-minded. It was very one-sided, very targeted information that just didn't seem, I'm the person who always likes to see both sides, um, especially if I'm going into some like wacky, like conspiracy theory, um, you know, is Avril Lavigne alive or is she dead? Like, I don't know, but like, here's this information. Like, I don't often land specifically on one thing. And when someone comes at me and they're like dead set in their ways that this is the information, that for me sends up red flags. Um, not that that person's wrong. Uh, now in this case, I do believe they are wrong, but just in general, not that that person's wrong, but if somebody is not open to information, then that's a red flag for me. So when this information starts getting more targeted and more real, uh, the way that I found they overcome this is what we might refer to in direct sales as like toxic positivity or toxic motivation. Um, they are empowering you to do your own research. They are empowering you to make your own decisions because you are the person paving the path for other people. So like you have to do your research. If you're gonna go talk about this, like you need to be informed. Um, for us specifically in this group, there was a gentleman uh, who was, was brought in by upline number two, I believe to the group who had nightly one to two to three hour Facebook lives. Um, I believe it was called like, I don't even know if I want to say it because um, I don't want to like give anything to that, but like literally indoctrination was in the name. <laughs> like, yes. Um, were they Facebook lives in your group or was it on his, page? on his, on his personal Facebook page, they'd get shared into the group so everyone could go watch, oh, but this geez. was something that was larger than our group. This was, and he would have hundreds and hundreds at points, thousands of people watching these videos. Yeah. Um, 
So you'd, you'd sit down and he, he would start out the video by saying, you know, welcome guys. Thank you so much for being here. First thing I want you to do is, um, what, what would he say? First thing I want you to do is to hang any, uh, not objections, but close-mindedness on the coat rack before you come in. You know, take off the shoes, get comfortable. If you, by the end of this, if you don't resonate with me, that's okay. But I want you to hang your skepticism. I want you to leave your close-mindedness at the door and be open to the possibility that the research I've done, I spend hours a day doing this, that the research I have done is genuine. And I want you to go do it too. I want you to fact check me. I want you to go do the research on this stuff, but I want you to come in here with an open mind. So please leave that on the coat rack. So that's how these videos start. Um, sometimes it was a matter of watching events unfolding live and reacting to them. Sometimes it was like pre set stuff, answering questions that people have had. Maybe he had like a, not like a scripted, but like an outline of things he wanted to talk about. Again, sometimes we were watching something unfold live. Um, and it's two hours, an hour to two hours of somebody, actually I don't know that I ever fully got beginning to end through one video because it was just too much. Um, of someone sitting there saying, Okay, remember when we connected on this thing and how how this thing, you remember, yeah, that that thing that we were talking about and that we were connecting on. Remember that this family did that and that family did this and um, this theory about this. And, you know, this was also all going on while Je Jeffrey Epstein, uh, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing had happened. So a lot of this was on the basis of Jeffrey Epstein and facts that were coming out. So that was another thing. Yeah, that fact that the that they put out about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh my God, can you imagine? Can you imagine this? Can you imagine that? So his call starts off in levels too. This Facebook Live starts off at that baseline. He's reconnecting with you, saying, "Remember this thing that we connected on." And then the next level is, okay, well let's expand on that. Like, what are the possibilities here? And so opening up your mind again, like leave your skepticism there. It's okay if by the end of the call you don't, you know, um, by the live that you don't agree with me. That's okay. Like. That's fine. I want you to be your own free thinker. But like, let's just hang the skepticism there and see what's possible. And then we go to level three. So this is like levels within levels. Because <laughs> um, he's reestablishing that connection with you while you're on this live. And this is happening every night, by the way, alongside all the chats that are going on within the group. And this is one group out of thousands. Thousands and thousands of groups um, just on Facebook alone, let alone Reddit and other communities, um, let alone actual 8chan and the places that these QAnon drops are coming from. So this seems like so much and it's literally just my personal story, let alone the thousands of other ones that are out there. So you're on this call, you're opening up your mind, you're like, okay, yeah, like I could get down with that theory. And then then there's some stuff that starts to kind of come up that's a little like out there, like Pizzagate. Um, they truly, so if we're getting to the base of what QAnon believes, it is that there is a global elite that control the world. They control the banks, they control the media, they control finance, they, everything, corporations. And to some degree that's true because when you actually do trace some of these um, you know, 
well-known families, again, JP Morgan uh, is like JP Morgan, like Chase Bank, um, DuPont. There's um, the Bush family is another big one. They actually, they go back way, way back. Um, and you can actually go back and trace these. And so some of this is based in truth, right? There are these families that just happen to own a shit ton of the things that we consume, especially here in America. Um, so, so again, it, it is based in truth and this is how they get in. This is how they weasel their way in. But then they start, they say that there's this global elite of Satan worshiping pedophiles who are farming and harvesting babies to kill them um, because what they believe, apparently when there is trauma, torture, and or like in the process of killing and torturing children, there is a chemical released from the child, baby, baby or child's brain, I think it's eight and under, um, called adrenochrome. And, and that's actually, a, that's a real thing. Like adrenochrome is a real chemical that is, that can be released from the brain um, when there is trauma, physical, mental trauma that is happening. Um, so what they believe is that there are, is this elite group of child sex trafficking, because um, it's like a sexual thing too. They, you know, they believe that they got to get their sexual thing in here, but then they're also killing Uh-oh, uh, you froze there. Hopefully you come back. Oh no. Of course, like right at the juicy spot, you freeze. Can you hear uh, me again? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Um, so I'll backtrack just briefly just to make sure that we can hear everything. Um, so what they believe is that when a, and this part is true, that there is a, a chemical release from the brain called adrenochrome. Um, when there is significant trauma, uh, both physical and mental, um, in children, and that it's actually not a chemical, apparently, that um, adults have. It's, I don't know, it's some type of, like, fight-or-flight response for children, I guess, um, but what they believe is that the global elites and celebrities and politicians have a way to harvest this chemical, so they're killing the children and harvesting the chemical, and if they drink it, they stay young forever. what the fuck this is the basis the entire basis of the QAnon theory this is what they dead ass believe oh my gosh okay yeah so this is like level four or five where they start talking about this stuff and again you've established a connection with this person at this point you don't realize what QAnon is um I didn't anyway I didn't know what it was and I was just like as an open-minded person, I'm like, wait, what? Like, no, no, like there's no way. But again, for me, like at first, without a full set of information, nothing is possible or impossible. And mind you, I, this is being shared with me by an upline who I have been working side by side with for six, five or six years, five years at this point. Um, this is someone I trust. This is someone I've trusted with my finances, with my business, with my secrets, with my friendship. Like this is someone that I put a lot of stock into. And I will say I do have something I am working on is I, I tend to put people on pedestals. Um, and this is someone who I certainly put on a pedestal. So this is the person who's sharing this information with me. So I'm sitting here thinking, 
no effing way. Like there is no way that this is possible. But also like upline two is a very educated, smart person in, in my head. Um, and I'm not saying she isn't, but I do think she is easily manipulated into things now. I can see that, that I've taken her off that pedestal and stepped back. But this is being shared to me by someone who I hold in a very high regard at the time. So now you get into the Pizzagate stuff that these emails between Hillary Clinton were leaked and there was some Obama stuff that they were emailing. There's someone who owns a pizza parlor, I guess, in DC or New York somewhere, one of the big epicenters. Um, and that person is closely related to someone in government. And there was some communication back and forth, like for this event. And they were like, we're talking about pizza because this person makes pizza. <laughs> and so they were saying like, we need this many pizzas. We need pepperoni. We need like, and they decoded this whole email to mean that like pizza meant um, boys under the age of eight, that pepperoni meant like, there's a whole key to what they thought this whole Pizzagate thing. And they decoded this email um, and basically said that this pizza parlor had a secret basement, which was the center of this child sex trafficking ring. Basically had a dungeon. <laughs> um, and I apologize if I like chuckle or laugh. I, when things get make me nervous or uncomfortable, I do have like a nervous habit of like laughing. So obviously child sex trafficking is not funny. Like it is disgusting. It is a very real problem. But some of these theories are almost laughable or they make you so uncomfortable that you don't know what other response to have. So please do not misconstrue my occasional chuckle or what have you um, for being insensitive. I do the same thing. So don't worry. Okay. <laughs> so you're sitting there and there's this person who's built this foundation with you. It's being shared to you by someone that you hold in a very high regard. And I tend to be an open-minded person until I have proof to prove or disprove a theory. And this is where it starts to get a little darker. And this is where it starts to, this is like a very shameful thing for me, um, is at first I, I did believe in this. <laughs> um, I didn't fully believe in it, but I wasn't closing my mind off to it. I hadn't made my mind up about it yet. Um, I feel very similar shame come up to around the QAnon as I do with leaving direct sales. Um, I have thoughts that come up of, how could I be so stupid? <laughs> how could I believe this? How could I fall for this? How could I be manipulated into this? I am a strong-willed, independent person. How could, how could I get roped into this? Um, after a lot of therapy and great discussions with uh, you know, people like Danielle, who I've been fortunate to connect with um, and reconnect with. I know that's not true. I know that very smart people, <laughs> um, people from all walks of life get sucked into these things, uh, whether it be a religious cult, an extremist cult, um, direct sales cults, corporate, you know, corporate cults. Any person can get sucked into this, but I do still have a lot of feelings that come up around this. So if I get like emotional or my voice cracks, like it's just it's a lot. It's a lot to even sit here a year and a half later and think about this. Like, <laughs> how? How? Um, but I go back and I can see the manipulation from the beginning. 
Um, and I hope that's coming across and that you guys are able to see the pattern that they, that they use to get you into these. So here you are at level four um, and within level four, they repeat all the levels and every level on from that, they go back to that base, that level one, that relationship that they built with you. So you're sitting on a call. They're talking about baby eaters. They're talking about Ellen DeGeneres, um, the Obamas. They think Michelle Obama is a man, a tra like a trans man. And when, even if she was like, what the hell does that prove? <laughs> like, I, I don't think she is, but even if she was, and that's her business, like I support trans people. Um, so there's this like homophobic thing that starts coming into it. Then there's this race thing that starts coming into it. And these are hard boundaries for me. These are hard boundaries for me. I love all people. And for a while, I was ignorant. The person who was ignorant enough and not educated enough to say like, all lives matter. And that at its base is a true statement, but saying that devalues and brings down what people have suffered um, and what they have gone through. So I, that is no, no longer something I subscribe to. And that was like a base of their movement was as the Black Lives Matter movement was happening, they're sitting here saying all lives matter. Of course, everyone's lives matter, but everyone's lives do not matter equally until you can acknowledge that other people have struggled through things that you can't even comprehend. And whether it was them specifically, their ancestors, it doesn't effing matter. <laughs> um, and that's, we could go, that's a whole different thing that could be talked on. But I started seeing these notes of racism. I started seeing these notes of homophobic language. Um, and those are hard boundaries for me. Something else that they tell you all the time is we know this is a lot of information. Like if you need to step back, like, and take a breather and then come back, please do that. We want you to feel prepared. We want you to feel sound of mind. We want you to be able to retain this so that you can make the change in the world that needs to be made. So please take a break. Please, you know, don't watch my videos for a couple of days. Please, you know, take yourself out of the Facebook group for a couple of days, you know, whatever you have to do to be sound of mind as you're absorbing this information, because it's important. It's important. It's so important. So they're going on, they're going on, they're building on the theories, they're building on the theories. And this is where I personally step out. So I do not have personal experience beyond this point. Um, there is so much more that was talked about within this level four that I can't even begin to go into. Um, at some point it becomes political. Um, at some point it becomes a movement for Trump. And I don't want this to be political because for me, these topics aren't political. <laughs> um, child sex trafficking is not political. Um, vaccinations aren't political. Uh, you know, yeah, some government cover-up stuff is political, but at the base of it, it it's really not. Um, especially when you're in like, the lighthearted theories around this, um, there is corruption on both sides. And I personally don't fully subscribe to a side. Um, anyways, I, I just want to state my neutralism. Is that a word? I just made that. I don't know. Is that a word? <laughs> my neutrality. Thank you. <laughs> it took me a second. I am very neutral in this and I don't want 
because I am repeating stuff that they have spoken into existence and I'm saying I do or don't agree with it, um, that is not me taking a side. That is me speaking against a basic human moral code that I have. And if something goes against that, I'm going to speak up about it. Right. Um, and so that's sort of where I started to step back and it was too much. Like baby eating Ellen DeGeneres and um, trans Michelle Obama all were on Epstein's flights. And this is where, when I started to step back, I was like, wait a second. Like, okay, you can't prove this. But the, this is what would happen. For two hours, they would say, go do your own research. When we get off this call, when we get off this live, I'm you, go do the research. I'm not even going to tell you where to find it because I want you to find it. Yes, and we're all going to break into Michelle Obama's medical records to find out what her sex was at birth. Like, right? <laughs> also, like, where do you expect me to find this? Like, because they say it's not going to come up on Google. It's not going to come up on the elite controlled media. You have to go into the dark web to find some of this stuff. So like, I'm going to do you a favor and give you some of this information that I found because I'm a truth seeker. I'm a leader of this movement. And I went and did this. You have to dig for this information, but I want you to go do it. Who the hell after a two hour long video of being mind can I swear yeah I'm mind fucked <laughs> who is going to go fact check this person who claims who again they did as much research as you did when on the baseline theories so obviously they do their research I'm using air quotations for those of you listening in um they do their research uh at this point, they're regurgitating theory and they haven't done research on anything um, because there is no research. There is no proof of this. You cannot prove this. And so as I start stepping back because I have brain cells um, <laughs> or I found my brain cells again, I guess. And I don't want to say that in like a deprecating way that like people who got sucked into this aren't smart. Um, but I started using my brain again and I was just like, I started I guess I was regaining power over my own brain at this point. Um, also outside of this movement completely. And this is why last time I ended when you asked me like what came from what, th- what positive things came from all of this. Um, and I said, my introduction to personal development. Now it was definitely a very filtered spammy Rachel Hollis type, you know, Eric Wari GoPro personal development but it led me to a path of finding my own spirituality finding a community that empowers me to feel worthy um and I had been working on my worthiness and stepping into my power around the same time um and I don't know that without that I wouldn't still be hooked into QAnon so I am grateful for my introduction to to personal development because I was starting to gain my own power back and think for myself. Um, So as I step back, um, for me at the time, it was a pause of information. It was too much information at one time. It was too heavy. I was becoming depressed, um, as were many people in the group, because that's why they kept telling you to take a break, take a break. We want you to be empowered. And as I took this break that I fully planned on coming back from, uh, 
the way I explain it is I fell off a ship and had a very long swim to shore. By the time I got there, I was tired, exhausted. I was out of breath, but I got the break I needed. I got to just like lay on the sand. <laughs> and as I turn around, I see the ship with all my friends on it, sailing away and slowly sinking. Um, and that was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever had to witness was watching my friends get lost in this and fully, fully believe every single thing that Q was telling them, that this group was telling them. Um, without questioning it, without thinking about it, without doing their own research, uh, that, that was really, really hard. Because I still work with these people. <laughs> this is all going on on the side of our businesses, right? And so we still have this group chat. We still have, even after I left the group, uh, things are still being said in the chats. Things that make me sick to my stomach. Things that terrify me that a person could ever even vocalize especially so this is all you know spring summer of 2020 um and I will get into how this ties into me leaving um but I'm going to jump ahead a little bit just to give you some context as to how far gone my friends were um I had friends seriously considering buying plane tickets to be involved in the Capitol riots um I had friends that were saying horrible, racist, homophobic things that just did not align with me. And I don't think they should align with anyone. Um, I already knew that they were gone. But when I saw these things, because again, I, I still hadn't fully left my business yet. And I talked myself out of leaving that chat a handful of times. But honestly, like I wanted to keep an eye on what was going on, like not for me to believe in it, but for me to like, almost like the enemy of your enemy is your best friend. Like I needed to know what was going on so I could feel some sense of control over the situation. Like I needed to know what they believed in. Um, I would say there was in the span of spring of 2020 to spring of 2021, when I did finally leave my MLM, uh, there was five or six times that they fully believed the theory of going dark and going dark is a term that they use um and they fully believed that trump and again this is not getting political unfortunately that's the person they chose to to fall behind um they did not rally behind him because of politics um they rallied behind him because they think that he is being used as a tool by Q. They think that Q is actually in charge and that Trump is just a tool um, to get them inside the White House and get them inside the government. So they fully believe that via Q, Trump and his administration, but not the actual administration, his like 
low-key administration <laughs> um we're going to shut everything down power would be cut off cell phone phones computers internet um that there would be no power and that all means of communication would be shut down for i think it was like 48 hours at least and in this time the national guard the military was going to go in and finally arrest the global elite they were going to put an end to the child sex trafficking they were going to arrest the global elite and there would be this when power came back on when the tv and internet came back and phones came back there would be a nationally forced broadcast of a public execution and i don't mean i mean actual public execution of the Obamas, of celebrities, of Joe Biden, of all the global elite that they believe are part of this mass movement and that everyone would be forced to watch it because it would automatically come up on all your devices and that the truth would finally be out and they would have saved the children. Um, five or six, seven, eight, maybe even up to eight times in this span of a year, um, they were told that this was happening. <laughs> in the group chats, I was witnessing, they were going to the bank to take out thousands of dollars in cash. They were converting cash to silver. They were stockpiling. They were prep, like doomsday prepping. And I, I mean, I think it's great to be prepared. I mean, there is a certain amount of things that, whether non-conspiracy related that are out of our control that, yeah, it's always good. Just a pandemic where it's not safe to go to the grocery store. It's good to have some backups of dry goods and maybe like some canned goods. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, so I don't want it to sound like that, but they are stockpiling for anywhere for 48 hours to two weeks, um, however long it took for them to infiltrate and um, arrest and have this public execution. And every time this group chat, I had left the group, the big group at this point, I don't even know, want to know what that looked like. They were all talking to each other about go, go fill up on gas, get extra gas, go to the bank, get out cash, make sure you have your silver on hand, make sure that your stocks are backed up because we're going dark. They'd be like, QAnon said we're going dark. I watched them have mental breakdowns over the anxiety from this and the day would come and go, nothing would happen. A month or two later, the same thing. And it's like, how after five or six times can you sit here and say, and still believe this? <laughs> um, and I'm watching this all unfold. I had already completely stepped out of the QAnon stuff. I was just still, this is a business chat. This is our direct sales business chat, our leaders chat, that this is all happening in, by the way, just as a reminder. Um, and at this point, this we're, we're getting to the election. Um, it starts, it's actually kind of funny to watch, um, to follow along with. I'm assuming it dark started, funny. <laughs> what? Dark funny. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, they 
made up so many excuses every time something didn't go according to Q's plan. They, they would fully invest in the theory. And then as soon as it didn't play out, there was an excuse as to why it didn't. So at first it was, they are, Joe Biden is never actually supposed to win. The whole thing has always been aligned for Trump to win, which how can you sit here and scream at the top of your lungs that the election is rigged and say, there's no possible way for Joe Biden to win. You know, when Trump was saying that in his speeches, they took that to mean, and Q confirmed, you know, air quotations here, um, Q confirmed that when Trump said that, it was really because there actually is no election. Uh, the election is just a facade so that the American, you know, people think that they have a, a choice. Um, and more so than just like the normal, like, this is going beyond like electoral college bullshit. Um, this is like, they actually, this is like a publicized event, not an actual election. Um, this is what they believe. Um, and that Trump is gonna win, there's no way. Um, and not even that there's no way that it's not even a possibility because it's not real. Joe Biden is just, he actually isn't even a real candidate is what they believe. Um, that he is just a stand in, basically an actor for them to make it look like there's an election so that Trump can you know, be in office again. <laughs> and then it moves to election day. Um, and actually the day after when we're starting to get all, you know, we start getting all the numbers and um, they thought it was gonna be a clean sweep. That's what Q told them, that right out of the gate, Trump's gonna win, it's gonna be it. And you're gonna see how many people really stand behind him. Then Joe Biden was really far ahead um, because a lot of his followers, uh, supporters, at the time were more health conscious. So they were sending in ballots ahead of time because they didn't feel comfortable going to the polls. So Biden was ahead by quite a bit to begin with. Um, so their theory at the time was that they had to make it look legit. So they couldn't just have Trump win out of the, out of the gate, which originally they said was gonna happen. They, then things started to even out, which to them confirmed their theory that they just had to make it look like he had a chance to win. Then he won. <laughs> and they had every excuse in the book. This is just fake. They're, you know, they're using this as um, now it's an opportunity to expose the Democratic Party. So what started out as a fake actor gig now is real, apparently, <laughs> in a matter of like a month, they've shifted and now it's real. And now it's their way of exposing the elite on you know the democratic side then all the recounts happened uh and then it was confirmed joe biden won and they were beside themselves they could not believe this and they believed that this was the elite winning that they had won this battle but then the theory <laughs> i'm not even kidding like there's so many levels to this it's it's insane. I don't know why I thought this was going to be a shorter episode. <laughs> um, I haven't even interrupted yeah. you. <laughs> no, yeah, I know, I know. Could you imagine? Um, so at this point, now they believe that Joe Biden had to win 
because if he won, then he could be committed of his crimes on a larger scale. Because if he was actually sworn in as president, then that like breaks all kinds of codes of conduct and they could charge him on a larger scale. So like he has to be sworn in. So now they have this whole day of, um, why am I spacing on the name of the ceremony? The uh, inauguration. Thank you. Yes. Um, The inauguration. So inauguration day is the day that it's all going to happen. They're going to go through the ceremonies. They're going to swear him in. And then as soon as they do, the military is going to come in on live TV, take him off the stage, drag him away to an underground tunnel and publicly execute him for his crimes. Okay. So that day comes and goes. Joe Biden is still very much alive, although they have a theory that it happened and that Joe Biden's actually not alive. Um, and this is a fake. Um, And they actually now fully believe that he is just a digitized version of Joe Biden um, and that Trump actually won. And then, so the next date was, it was sometime in March that like way back in the day, like way back, the actual inauguration day wasn't until March something because that's how long it took like horse and buggy to get all the votes and count everything and then have the inauguration. So they had this like, I believe it was sometime in March. They had this day set aside that, okay, now this is the day that they're, this is going to be the true inauguration of Trump. They were waiting for this day all along. This was the plan from the beginning. (laughs) No, it wasn't. You've had six different plans and every time they haven't worked out, you make an excuse and a new plan. And like, you can't sit here and say, this is the plan from the beginning. (laughs) Um, That day comes and goes. Uh, but somewhere in that timeline, we have the Capitol riots and I believe if I'm not mistaken, the guy who did those indoctrination videos, um, was there. They were supporting, cheering, sending texts and voice chats of this is so amazing, how liberating for America, like things even being said, fuck everyone who doesn't have guns. Um, Basically, if you don't have the means to protect yourself, you deserve to die. Um, That I'm glad that I'm going to be on the right side of history. Awful, horrible, horrible things. Considering buying, like if I didn't have kids, I'd buy a plane ticket and go down there myself right now. I literally have chills. I've had chills since you first started about January 6th. Like, thank you. That's one. Yes. January 6th. So it's just, I still, to this day, don't have words. Um, I still don't know how my friends, I mean, I know how, but I don't know how my friends got swept away on into this and it breaks my heart, you know, even though they're, you know, the MLM culty stuff aside, these are people I had genuine connections with. Just like you and me, just because we were in a cult together doesn't mean that our relationship was any less valid. Like we, we are friends, like, 
And these are people that I considered friends of mine. Uh, so that's in a nutshell, <laughs> uh, my QAnon experience. And that led to me realizing that this person I put on a pedestal was not someone I could actually trust. And it was like all in a split moment. It all happened like in one day. It literally was a split moment of this is no longer someone I can trust. And all the doubts I've been having about my business that she talked me out of were instantly validated. It was like, I can't be here anymore. Now, at this time, I was not anti-MLM. I just still had the indoctrinated mindset of I just couldn't make it work. Um, maybe I just wasn't on the right team. Maybe I wasn't in the right company. Maybe I just don't have what it takes. So I stepped back, um, in August. So this was all going on April, May, June was the, the QAnon stuff. Um, end of June, July is when I took my step back. And August is the first time in five years that I gave myself permission to step back from my business and take a vacation, take a break. August, 2020. Correct. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, August, 2020. And I had been inconsistent with my posting. I mean, there's certainly weeks I went without posting, but the guilt of not posting was still there. So it was still weighing heavily on me. I wasn't freed from the posting. Um, I wasn't freed from every person I met. I felt like I had to recruit them. So none of my relationships for the last five years were genuine uh, because whether I wanted to or not, every person was a potential. Mm -hmm. And I gave myself permission to step back from that and say, this entire month, you are not going to post. You don't have to worry about recruiting. You were taking an actual vacation. I deleted Facebook or I like uninstalled the app. Um, and it was the best thing I have ever done for myself. I got to the end of the month and I knew that was it. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, at that point, I still wasn't anti-MLM. I hadn't opened my eyes up to all the facts and the research around it. Um, I just knew it wasn't for me and that I had failed. Um, but I was still supportive of the people who were there, um, people who could put up with that. Like in my mind, I was weak because I was feeling these things. Right. Um, I didn't realize I was actually succeeding. Is it Roberta Blevins who says, um, you're actually succeeding because you are failing in an industry that's designed for you to fail, which is actually yeah. success. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love that the first time I heard that I almost cried. I mean, I got choked up the first time I heard that, that on an episode. Um, it really did touch me because that was the first time someone really spoke to me and told me that I didn't fail. So at that point, I got introduced to some anti-MLM videos on YouTube. And um, I think you and I maybe have another whole podcast episode we could do on that and my kind of journey from leaving, stepping back and leaving, because those are two very different things. Stopping working your business and mm -hmm. leaving your MLM are two completely different things. Um, and I say we do an episode on that and how, what that looked like for each of us, yeah. um, and how that could be different, um, for each, you know, for different people. Um, but essentially, you know, if you do want to hear about that, we'll, we'll schedule something else sometime soon and talk about that. But essentially that's when this happened. So you have QAnon, you have stepping back and you have 
you have vacation month <laughs> and then you have stepping back from the business. At this point, I was still ordering products. I still loved the products. I still don't think they're an awful product um, to this day. Like I genuinely believe that. Um, but I could no longer, I was still buying the product for myself and I still kept my account open for my regular customers who ordered every month. Um, so I was still making a small check here and there. Uh, our group, my downline, so the people I signed up and the people they signed up had a smaller group chat. Um, I wasn't as active in there. I wasn't doing like team events. I wasn't doing um, contests or anything like that like I used to. I just really had stepped back. Um, and that's when I had expressed to my up, upline number three that I wanted to leave. And actually at the time I was just gonna release my team and just become a retail seller. Um, Cause I felt guilty making money off of them when I wasn't leading them because I had failed as a leader. <laughs> um, so I was gonna release my team and that's something you can do. You can release your team and they would all slide up, um, up a space to upline two. Uh, and then I was just going to keep my account open for my customers. That was like December of 19, uh, excuse me, 2020. I, I said the wrong year there. That was December of 2020 um, when I expressed that. And between then and I think I left in April because it was like a week before my two or three year anniversary with them um, is when I moved from I didn't fail, the system failed me. And it actually is designed for me to fail. Um, and that's a transition that we can talk about another time because that's a whole other hour long podcast that we can do. Um, but yeah, that's my, my QAnon story. That's how I got roped in. That's how I left. And that's how it connects to my eyes being opened to the fact that I was in two cults. <laughs> um and for a brief time simultaneously so that's a mind fucking its own <laughs> yeah and um one of the things I wrote down at the beginning was that the levels that you were explaining are yeah. very very similar to what we're taught to do in the MLM yeah like you build Don't a relationship them. yeah you build, build a relationship you you introduce new things so you introduce your products and then level three you introduce the business and you already built all of this fact up. Like the fact is we have products. Yeah. And, and like levels two and three up. are look what I've done with it. Yeah. And level four is do your, you know, do your research and feel this out for yourself. But if you follow what I tell you to do, you can have this success too. Yep. And it just gets deeper and deeper from there. And I, again, I don't even know what levels I assume that those are the, I mean, that's a, that's an analogy that I made up as the level system. Like that's just how, for me, I visualized it happening step yeah. after step after step. Um, I really got to what I can compartmentalize as, le, you know, level five. Um, and I just put it on a 10 scale because that for me was like only halfway as involved as what my friends were. Right. Um, um, it probably goes much deeper than that. Um, and for someone to willingly want to be part of the Capitol riots, you have to be so far gone. 
that's that's so much deeper than level 10 that's there's not even levels for that you can't you can't comprehend that as a person with a sound mind i think it's really interesting too how much time do you have i'm i'm good on time okay right. yeah no i i mean 15 20 minutes probably but we're okay. we're good to chat for a little bit i'm mostly ready so <laughs> okay um so what i was thinking about this too is that there were pieces of what you were saying that was leaking into my life into things that i was being showed um i went down a conspiracy theory tunnel during the pandemics and during like the whole george floyd thing like i was like seeing some stuff and then you the whole like save the children event that leaked into my mlm it it MLMs, stay-at-home moms, crunchy moms, anything like that, it it was leaked into because these uplines and people were bringing in people to, to it. And that's that's another thing I feel, you know, um parallel guilt for. The same way that I feel guilty that I brought so many women into these manipulative companies. I had almost a mental breakdown over the people I invited into this group. One of my friends who was a local friend of mine, I invited, I know she was into conspiracy theories and we had talked about true crime cases. Um, Again, conspiracy light. (laughs) Um, The Montauk Project, uh, Area 51, um, you know, just to me, those things were fascinating. Um, and we talked about them before. So I added her to this group. She is a non MLM person that also went down on a ship. So I was watching this happen within my business friend circle and my real life friend circle. Um, she's, she's gone. She's in it. She, I have so much guilt over that because she might not have even found out any of this stuff if I didn't bring her into this group, which at the time I didn't bring her in when we were, I brought her in in the beginning. Like I brought her in before any of this was even brought up before this was even before the, you even get to the level system. Cause it was just a bunch of friends talking about conspiracy theories and aliens and universal stuff. Like, and she's gone. She's fully, fully in it. And I'm the reason she is. And I hold so much guilt and shame over the people that I introduced to this. Um, Because even when I left, they stayed. And I can't do anything about it. And it breaks my heart. (laughs) It really breaks my heart. I totally feel that. Like I, I, the guilt and shame, I feel like it must be even magnified because it's not like, like MLMs are predatory, but this is like a whole nother level of like mind control. So like, I can see why, like, you're really struggling with it. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's, it's parallel, but it's different. You know, it's awful knowing that you impacted someone's finances negatively. It's awful knowing that 
the manipulation that happened to you I think the term I used the other day and I don't even know if this is right but like the reason that made me think of this is like Munchausen's by proxy <laughs> like you like to me it was manipulation by proxy like they were taught to do yeah. it so now they're like putting it on to you I don't even know if that's like the right phrasing but um it's not their own thought it's being put onto them by the person above them and the person above them and it's just a whole train of manipulation um yeah it's it's hard it's yeah. really hard um yeah um one of the other things that Roberta Blevin says in her podcast is she talks about how we were all victims, but we're also all perpetrators, which isn't something I've brought up on this podcast, but this is kind of like what we're talking about here is like, that's one of the things that like people that survive being in these different cults, like have to deal with. And like, that's something that me and you are going to have to deal with every single day of our lives. And honestly, I think it plays a big factor into people not leaving Yeah, because part of you knows that but you cannot leave until you, you cannot be fully out until you've admitted what you've done. Yeah. And that's a really hard pill to swallow. Yeah. It's a really hard pill to swallow. So when you don't even want to admit it to yourself, let alone other people, you know, to make amends or whatever. Um, it's, it's heavy. It's really heavy to know that you manipulated knowingly or unknowingly um and there's times in our conversations that I am going to admit my part in things that I'm not proud of um that's not a good representation of my moral character uh and I I don't want anyone to think that those are things that I still do like there's there's an end game in direct sales that makes everything worth it So at the time you believe that what you're doing is for the greater good. Yep. Um, And when you step out of that and you realize that that's a facade, the shame around the manipulation still is there. Yeah. Um, And some of it, we didn't realize we were doing it, doing, and some of it we did. There's a reason I felt gross about reaching out to people. Yeah. Now, I was manipulated when I brought that up to people. I was manipulated into thinking that that was, uh, how do I want to say? That was self-doubt. I needed to do more personal development. I didn't have a strong enough belief. I needed to re-identify my why. I needed to make the ends justify the means. Um, And anytime you had doubt, it was because you didn't do enough. Right. And so you stay and you do the things that don't feel good and you train your teams to do the things that don't feel good because if they could just do what you're doing and replicate it, then you've, you've, you've reached it. You've reached the point at which this was all worth it in theory. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So um, I hope that everyone has like stayed tuned and listened up to this point. Um, If you've been in an MLM and um, you've listened to this episode, like I hope that this helps you to like see some of the things that we're 
taught to us that aren't true and how what a separate slippery slope it is um and if anyone wants to come on and talk about their experience you can email me from at from huns to humans at gmail.com or you can dm me at my instagram from huns to humans um emma like you are a fucking badass warrior and I'm so proud of you for sharing this story. I'm like not fake crying. I'm like really trying to hold back tears right now. Um, but I think it kind of sounds like I'm about to laugh. Um, well, I'm, I am just grateful that I have you and that you've started a platform that is allowing people to tell their stories. I, I left over six months ago. Um, and I've been afraid, I've been timid, I've been, I've been in my shame spiral a lot. Um, I don't know that I would have spoken out about this. I've wanted to, I have a platform to do it. Um, part of me is afraid that I'll go all in again <laughs> and that I'll, you know, like, I'm afraid of what I'm capable of almost. Um, and I wasn't ready to do that yet. Yeah. And because I do want to go all in, I do, if I'm going to speak out, I'm not going to do it half-assed and I just haven't had the energy or the time to be able to do it. And I haven't had the support to be able to do it. Um, and that's where I have you. And I'm just really grateful for you and grateful for anyone who's still listening. Um, it really matters. Yeah. It really, really matters. Um, we need to speak up and we need to be able to put an end to this because it's hurt. It's hurting people. It is. It's, and you know, this isn't something that's talked about. Like this hasn't been on any of my anti MLM stuff. Like I haven't caught gotten to hear on anyone else's stuff. So I don't know that a lot of people realize that this can happen. Yeah. I have heard it to talk briefly about it. mentioned, but I have not heard anyone go into their own experience with it. And I think that's because not a lot of people, once you start that slippery slope, um, get out of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a lot, but I'm just really grateful for a platform to be able to speak about it. And, um, you know, hopefully sooner than later, I'll be able to, you know, educate on my platform as well. That's something that I really want to do. And I'm just grateful to have you to lean into <laughs> yeah, always. Um, as we're going through it. I can't wait. Um, so also you have a small business. Do you want to shout it out here or do you not want to, because it will link to you. Let's wait. Thank you okay. for, for thinking of me. I really appreciate that. Let's wait a little bit. Um, I still have some files that I need to get saved, um, yeah. before I go public on my page. Cause I know as soon as I do, um, you're going to get that I have of all those conversations I just spoke about will be gone. Um, yeah. and I don't know that I'll ever need them, but it bothers me to think that someday I might speak out about this and someone will tell me that I'm lying about it. And I want to be able to have that proof. Yeah. Um, that's important to me. So once I kind of get all my ducks in a row and I'm able to start speaking out about it, I would super appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, well, we will schedule something else because I feel like we're just going to have a never ending. Uh, <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I think series. it's great. I'm, I'm happy to come on and, and talk as many about as many things as you want. Um, yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to talk about some of the things that 
kind of helped shift our mindset and realize um like for me I'll just do like a little prelude so that people maybe are interested in the next one we do um for me it was income disclosure statements mm-hmm. um it was double speak yeah uh, so yeah well we'll go into it um just a lot of things that I learned that kind of helped me shift my mindset uh yeah. and made me realize it wasn't me who failed it was an industry designed to fail. And I think we could have definitely a whole podcast episode on that multiple. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Um, so instead of like a regular end of podcast question, I asked my Instagram if there was anything that they wanted to ask us. Um, and I got one back. I just asked like an hour ago. So I only got one response. So they wanted to know what we thought about the MLM wine distributors and MLM sex toy places so maybe we can just finish up with a quick little what we think about those and yeah so I don't know a whole lot about the wine ones um I also I mean I've attended like I think it was an Athena party there's a couple different there's a couple different ones there's Athena and then there's pure romance would you say something pure romance yeah yeah um so I've attended parties you know back when I was in MLMs I thought I was supporting other business owners um I don't this goes back to not assuming that all MLM products are bad. (laughs) Um, Now our first company did have bad products or not. Well, the the company that we were in together, Lexus did have some bad products that, you know, I don't think anybody should take. Um, But then we go into my second company with Lime Life and like, those actually are professional products. The, The company that started Lime Life is a brick and mortar store in New York where like makeup artists, you needed a license to get in. Like Dove um, Chocolate. Dove Chocolate for anyone that doesn't know is also an MLM, <laughs> but you can right. buy it at the grocery store. <laughs> right. So they created the, they went to MLM originally so that makeup artists could retail to their clients. So it kind of became like a professional to consumer thing. And then they moved to an MLM model. Um, so just like those companies, I'm sure their wine tastes good. I'm sure their toys are fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not that the products are bad. So when you're asking specific questions about like, is this company bad? Is that company bad? It, it's not the products. It's not whether the products are good or bad. Um, and again, that's why I stayed in my company for so long because I wanted to continue to support the product. What you have to realize is that by buying the product, you are supporting the business model. Right. And that for me is the biggest thing. So they might have tasty wine and you might think you're helping a friend by supporting their business. What you're actually doing is buying an overpriced product because not only is there the normal markup, Distributors are making anywhere between 20 to 35% commission on that product. That money has to come from somewhere. The company's not going to lose out on that. So now you have like a normal, what would be like, if a product was $5, they might sell it for $10, $5 profit. Well, now you have to add another 30% markup on that. Let's just say somewhere in the middle, 20% markups. Maybe someone's sales, those brackets tend to change depending on how much your sales are for the month. So let's just say another 20%. Well, another 10% goes to her upline, his or her upline. Another 5% goes to that upline. So now you're at an additional $10, $15. So now a $5 product that 
in any store would be sold for 10 is $25. So you're right. paying more than you need to for products that you can find elsewhere. Um, and that's when doing your own research on products is important because I do believe that, you know, you should put good things into your body, you right. know, for these health and wellness companies, um, for product companies, like what you put on your skin does soak into your system and you don't want to have a whole bunch of toxic stuff. Yeah. But like, do your research and find something on the shelf so you don't have to overpay it. You are not supporting a false dream because all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. Right. And supporting at the root of it all for me is supporting a spammy and suppressive business model that is actually just hurting your friend and yes. everyone else who's in it. So I agree with everything Emma said. And the only thing I want to add is I don't know a ton about the wine companies. Um, I have bought from a wine company before and I could never cancel the auto ship forever. It took so long to get out of that. So don't do that. Um, but also the sex toy companies, they, um, it's kind of like beach body coaches, how like you spend whatever amount of money. And then all of a sudden, quote unquote, you're a coach, but you don't know anything about health and fitness. Um, but yeah, they're they're all of a sudden sex educators, but they know nothing about sex education. They know nothing about human health sex health they they literally know nothing they are not actually trained on this stuff they're trained on how to recruit more people um so and um as you said you've uh been you've heard or uh, have witnessed that they don't allow men um, so the athena party i went to was a co-ed so some companies do i think it's pure romance that really has more of the um uh kind of claims against them I still don't support Athena anymore um, just because of the business model but I think what you're speaking to is the pure romance yeah Um, it is against their company compliance to have men be at these parties yeah so what that does is eliminates male-on-male gay couples yeah and that is so wrong um I, I found, actually watched a really good video. So maybe I'll, I can't remember which creator it was. I'm going to go through and kind of make a playlist of some of the videos that on my journey stood out to me the most. Um, that will definitely be on there. Uh, and then I can link them in the show notes if you get it to me. Yeah, so. I was going to say um, that way we can just kind of have like these videos that I'm referencing. Um, there can be kind of like a quick and easy place to go to. Uh, that was definitely one of them. And, it, you know, it spoke more to the advertising was... Um, it, it took an uproar for them to get a person of color in their um, pamphlet, like their advertisement flyer that they put out. Um, there was no men. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what, it was like some backwards women empowerment thing. Um, like giving them the power is how they advertise it. They're giving the women the power to like take back the power in a sexual dynamic. Um, but like, why wouldn't you empower the couple as a whole? Like it's takes two to tango. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and then you're excluding an entire group of people. Um, and that was, that was just really gross to me as well. Yeah. 
So um, that's kind of the long story short for why we don't like those companies, but it's the same for every company. There is always something wrong with it, whether you're selling leggings or you're selling health products or you're selling sex toys or wine. Like it doesn't matter what you're selling. The business model is predatory. It preys on people who are vulnerable and 99.6% um, of people will not make money according to the FTC. So, all right, yeah. Emma. <laughs> uh, thank you again. And thank you for we'll having me. Something soon. All right. Good. Bye. Bye.